Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we've got a great topic tonight, gun safety, uh, how to use your gun. Uh, as you guys know, a few weeks ago or months ago, I guess it's been now, I'm going to put this up here. Um, I went and, uh, Kathy and I went and got trained on how to actually use a gun. Now, that's not Kathy or me. That's this other amazing woman who was shooting. And this is Northwest Precision Training. And we actually do real stuff. It wasn't just classroom. It was some classroom, but it had a lot to do getting you prepared um, for knowing how to own a gun. Because I think a lot of us don't know that. And uh, our teacher was this guy right here. Let me pull this other thing out of here. There he is, Sean Trotter. How are you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? You're one of our two tra trainers for the day. Um, and you are a local police officer. You also work in tactical training of po other police officers around the state, right? Right. And so I'm, I'm a local police officer and I'm a, I'm a firearms instructor for a local police department. So my training comes from uh, law enforcement, firearms instruction. So how did you guys get decide, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Um, oh, hey, look, see, there's my picture right there we were just talking about. From taking yeah. the class so um and decided what are we going to do you know we're, we're we're training police how to do this we should be training the general public because there's nothing worse than the general public not knowing how to use the gun that they own right it started out as the fact that um, we have all this experience as certified firearms instructors and uh, i didn't want to take that to the end of my career and not have the ability to give back to the people who who really benefit from it, that being my friends and my family and my community. So tell people what you do, because this is, it's a, I mean, it's intense. You have several different classes, but it's, I mean, and I don't mean intense in a bad way. I meant it was exciting, it was interesting, but I mean, you're starting with, you're teaching everything in a day course and getting me, because I mean, you, you already know this, but Kathy and I went in there. We, we don't, we've never owned guns before. So we were holding our guns kind of like this, like, I don't want to kill anyone, <laughs> you know? And when we left, we had them in our hands. We take them in our car. We, we knew exactly what to do. And we were completely comfortable carrying that weapon. Well, what's super important for us, that's, I think differs from um, other styles of gun training is the fact that this is a current relevant, um, current law enforcement practices that we're training police officers, but we're also providing that for the civilian as well. So they're getting current day type of training that our police officers are getting um, for themselves. And the reason why that's important is because um, they're, they're getting the classroom portion, the legal knowledge part of it, but they're also getting the practical knowledge of it as well. And so many firearms trainings around the state uh, don't have a practical portion of it, which can be so dangerous. And I know you can do this online for, you know, people have online courses and stuff, but what I, and, and I, that's fine. I'm not knocking them, but I'm just thinking, you know, if, if people aren't comfortable with that, it's, you really have to know what that can do, what you can and can't do with that weapon. Um, right. It's so important to have the legal knowledge of situations that will require you to arm yourself and situations that you really shouldn't. Um, that's a large portion of, of our training too, is to, to give people the understanding of how to articulate when there's danger, how to articulate what danger it is that they're encountering, 
and what they can do about that. Um, Laura wants to know, I've been waiting for this. Thanks, Rick. Hopefully folks will bring younger adults. Um, the day we took our class, there was two young men under 21 in there um, taking the class. What, what ages can take, Sean? We will train people that are 18 years and, and older. Um, and I think that's an important, important group to be able to train as people are coming up into their the gun ownership years. And uh, so we'll take people 18 and, and older. So you also have, somebody says, how much are the classes? They vary, don't they? They do. So we have a, a intro, so a basic pistol 101 intro class, which is a six hour class. That's about four hours classroom and two hours practical shooting. And that class is 175. We also have a basic pistol uh, 201 class, which is an eight hour class. And that's a half classroom half shooting class and that class starts at $200. Now, so Sean, tell them, about, tell them about the women's, you have a women's only class that I thought is super popular and, and you can take more than one because, because they all kind of lead into each other. Absolutely. So the course curriculums are designed where they can just stack right on top of each other. So you can further your training and, and just pick right up where you left off from the previous class. What's been really popular for, for us is the women's only classes. And, and I get it. I mean, it's difficult for um, women to feel like they can be heard and uh, be taught in such a way that isn't in, like in a pretty uh, male dominant heavy type of shooting sport. It's something that um, they feel more empowered when we can all kind of come together and, and learn together and, and build by the step by step by the numbers so because we, we had we had several people in our class that had taken the the, the the female the women's class and then they come over to this class and that's why that's my excuse for why they were so much better a shot than i am because <laughs> they kicked my ass <laughs> well it's been my estimation that women are really better shots not only because uh physically they they don't have like an ego when it comes to how they handle that particular gun but they also listen and that's the biggest part about that's tough because us men you know we kind of bring along our baggage from oh well we know what what we're doing or this works for me and this doesn't work for me well we may or may not know those basic fundamentals but if if uh, if somebody will kind of check their ego at the door and come in and, and just train alongside of us, that's when I feel like they get the most out of the training. I think what I got out of this class, uh, the, just for me personally, the most was um, you, you almost trained me. So I, I buy a gun and I, I'm learning how to use the gun. But you, Sean, you guys almost trained me more on how it went how not to have to use a gun, how to be aware of my surroundings around what's going on, what people might be doing, scenarios, so that I felt like when I walked out of there, I was not only armed mentally to not use my gun, but I was, I was also physically and mentally prepared to use it. You know what I mean? I think where sometimes people think, oh, they're training you on how to kill people. It was nothing like that. It was all about Rick, how to avoid having to shoot that gun. And I think from a, a cop, that's what you guys do every single minute you're out there. Absolutely. That's a part of our daily life. I mean, there is, I don't know a police officer out there that wants to get into a shooting or wants to um, have to use their gun in the line of duty. And that same thing should apply for all of us that are carrying a gun concealed um, 
in in the regular in society. So the the important part for us and how we educate and train people is for them to have the articulable facts um, of how things are are laying out in front of them for them to be able to either avoid a confrontation or be able to at the last um, at the last uh, when all things fail. Um, at the last step, be able to use their gun to potentially save their life or the life of somebody else. You also spent a whole bunch of time telling that in Oregon, how the laws work, because there's this misconception out there. People think, ah, the, the, the guy gets over your doorstep and you can shoot him. And and right. that, that's, that's some states are like that, but in Oregon, it's a little different. Why don't you explain that? Well, Oregon is not a stand your ground state. It's not a, it's, your home is your castle doctrine. Um, type of state, and uh, there are other states in uh, that that are like that, but Oregon isn't one of those. And so, it's really important for people to to be smarter than than that, in in the sense of be able to articulate those facts that are usually present in those types of situations, and uh, allow themselves to have thought through those different examples and different scenarios before they actually have to use them. I mean, that's the only way that we can, in our own training, in our own brain have the ability to gain experience without actually physically going through the, the the shooting per se in this case or any other example that we can come up with is mentally going through what each scenario plays out like. So that way you can kind of inoculate your brain or train your brain on how to act and how to react in different situations. Because if you if, if something does end up happening, you also train us, you have to remember what happened super important to remember how it happened and what was coming up so that you don't get yourself into a, a bad situation with the courts. Exactly. And then many people hear often that all you have to say is that you're in fear for your life. Well, that is a factor where you do have to fear for yourself or that of somebody else of either um, serious bodily injury or death. But what facts were there that um, gave you that feeling or what facts were there that made you feel like you were about to die. Um, those are the things that, that you can't just have that feeling. You have to be able to back it up with some facts. And so we spent a lot of time talking about um, different scenarios and when, when, where is that line? When can you just be a good witness, you know, an armed good witness waiting for the bad guy to flee or when it's time to go ahead and take action? So as a cop, you know, on the streets is I would guess that, you know, to, it's a double edged sword to have people with guns. I mean, you obviously support gun rights and that I'm not saying that what I'm saying is if you have people that are untrained on the streets of Eugene, Springfield and Lane County who don't know how to operate a gun <laughs> as a police officer on a scene, the last thing you want is that person, you know, in the in the area. You know what I mean? So it really right. is to your advantage and as a community to our advantage to have people well trained, not just check the box and get their concealed weapons permit. Exactly. And I think in this last calendar year, the number was there was 10 million new gun owners in the United States. And wow. that's because of our political um, situation we're in and the upheaval and it doesn't matter what side you're on on any election year the gun sales always have a, are an uptick but in this situation there's a lot of new gun owners and so that means that not only with the current gun owners that we had previous to that but with the new gun owners there's people out there that are potentially carrying guns without any kind of training at all 
And obviously we can always be safer when we can train ourselves and know how to use a gun and when to use that particular gun. I believe an armed society is a polite society and I believe an armed society is, a, is your obligation to seek out the training you need to be able to effectively um, carry that gun. So tell people about, because what I, I, I thought this was really fun too, is the dry, the, the, the dry, dry fire. Yeah, dry fire. Okay. Because kind of tell people what that is and how that works in case they don't know. Well, the important part about uh, shooting is your trigger control and your and the ability to to manipulate that trigger while keeping your sights um, centered and with equal height and equal weight. And the the difficult part about uh, shooting is uh, operating your trigger while keeping your sights on target. And so the biggest thing is to be able to uh, manipulate that uh, that trigger without upsetting your sights and be able to do that on a repeated basis. Most people have a difficult time managing the recoil and managing the recoil means that it's not that it bucks too hard for their hand to hold on to, but it's that they want to anticipate that recoil. And so when your brain anticipates that recoil, it, it pushes up against that that recoil and it thinks that the at the perfect opportunity can dip that dip that round so you'll see a lot of flinching some people call it magnum flinching some people call it recoil anticipation but it's all something that uh is the same thing which is spending more time operating that trigger and just manually training your brain on what that muscle memory feels like so you so, said like a lot of times when we were out there we were getting tired and people were starting to get you know locked up and you'd say okay Take out your bullets, just dry fire <clears throat> to get you back into not having that recoil because you get set up like that. I thought that was really fascinating. Well, and the reason why we do that out there in our training is because um, that anticipation of recoil is really a subconscious level uh, action. You don't have to think about it or worry about it. your brain does it automatically because of how complex our brain is. So it's something that we have to manually override or unwrap or unravel in order to get us back to where we need to be and that's shooting accurately. And so um, sometimes we, we will unload people and go back to dry fire. I do that myself when it's time for me to be at the range shooting. And what that does is it just sharpens the edge and puts the reminder in your brain about how what you need to do and what that feels like so you're not getting lazy and and allowing that gun to to uh, yeah the, the other tip you had like and kathy and i've been doing this is taking making sure that always the gun's you know empty there's not not a bullet in there making checking everything out and then dry firing at the tv set like <laughs> Just watch a space alien movie and you're, you're shooting with them to just get that practice in like that. You don't have to go to a shooting range. I can do this right in the comfort of my house while I'm sitting watching TV. You know, there's Oprah, bam, you know, whenever you're <laughs> shooting that, you can. And it's kind of fun because you're going, oh, I'm not mad at anybody, but I'm just having a really good time and seeing what, you know, how calm you can be doing that. Yeah, it's best to remove all ammunition before doing anything like that. Uh, but it is good to to have that dry fire practice and be able to figure out where that where your particular gun, uh, the, the trigger breaks at and where you can bring it up to that pressure wall and how smooth you can operate that trigger and then ultimately do that as fast as you can effectively and smoothly. So Harold wants to know, why isn't handgun training required to get a concealed carrying permit? Minimal requirement to get a concealed permit, which potentially could be disastrous for people. Why isn't that? 
I don't have answers for that. I just do know that the state requires us to have a um, NRA or or law enforcement certified firearms instructor go for the person that I have gone through a handgun safety class. It doesn't. I think the um, the law is written pretty loosely, and I, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I'm just saying that I think it's up to the each individual gun owner to be. Um, to take their own training seriously and invest in their own training. And Liz, you're correcting me and I appreciate that. It's best to remove all ammo. It's critical. It's not best, it's critical. And Sean hammered that in our head. And anytime anybody got their finger near that trigger and they weren't ready to fire, everything shut down. <laughs> He's kind of a stickler about that whole thing. And the other thing I really appreciated is we had all the headphones on and then you would just get in my ear and just go squeeze, take a deep breath and squeeze. And I always hit the target after I did that. But when you're not there in my head, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Right. Yep. And that's, uh, that's part of that polishing the skills that's always requiring us to continually just go through the steps, never leave the basics, never leave the steps, but build on the steps and build on the basics as you've learned in class there is those basics and those steps can be built upon pretty quickly as long as they're learned correctly and then we can move on to the to each phase so why do you, i know this is like um this is kind of your passion why why is i mean you're an excellent teacher i know that uh, but i've known you for years and i know you teach all kinds of stuff but why what is it why do you do what you do why do you do this well, you know, a lot of people wonder why I became a police officer in the first place. And the whole reason why, and it sounds cliche, but the reason I became a police officer in the first place was to help people, was to be there in the time of their need, you know, the worst day of their life to be there and, and be that person that can make a difference. And I feel like that's the same thing here in the sense that uh, I just want a, a more uh, trained and uh, better educated society and i want to live in that society that has better education around their gun rights i think um, it's irresponsible for people to have a gun that and they don't know how to use that they invest all their money and other things as far as gadgets and cool gear to carry their gun but have no real ability to to carry that gun i want i'd rather the person have some uh, invest in their training and have the ability to um operate that gun safely. That's the society I want to live in. That's the society I want my kids to live in. Because if we if we want to continue to carry guns in this country, and it's always that, there's always a faction of political leaders trying to take that away, the better educated, it seems to me, the better educated we are and the better we know how to use them, the, the easier it's going to be to fight that process. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think that onus can be upon us for us to take our training seriously. I think it's okay for us to to be expected to take our own training seriously. I don't want uh, I don't want uh, the government jamming a certain kind of training down my throat. I want to be able to take advantage and go seek the best kind of training for me. And uh, that's why I wanted to offer some kind of training. So because I want I want people that, that I care about to have the very best that they can. Somebody said they thought that dry firing uh, would wear out your gun. And well, it doesn't wear out your gun, um, especially any kind of modern day gun. It isn't something that it would take hundreds of thousands of rounds for there to be any noticeable wear. 
older guns, yeah, that could be the case, but we're talking guns that were built in 1950 and previous. So again, why'd you become a police officer? I just want to help people. I want to live a life of, of uh, being able to every day know that I made a difference in somebody's life. And uh, it, it wasn't enough for me to just work a job where I'm in a factory building widgets or, or just you know improving the line item in somebody's them profit margin. I want to be able to go out and make a difference and, and make an impact for people. So it's got to be, and if you can't go there, you don't have to just tell me to, to shut up, but it's got to be hard these days on everybody in the department, just because of the, the kind of the, the storm out there with police. So you just, how do you keep yourself up going in and going, um, this is my job. I got it. Is that just training? Is that, how do you keep yourself in that mood? Well, we see, we've seen this ebb and flow. I mean, the police support is always um, something that's, that's, that's been an easy thing to to dissipate. Um, I always said if I was gonna go into a profession for popularity, I'd become a firefighter, but I didn't. And uh, so here I am, just uh, towing the line. And the other the other fact is we know that uh, there's a very vocal minority that are anti-police, and there's a there's a large majority of people that genuinely appreciate and care about. Um, the police officers that are out there just laying it down every day. Well, we do appreciate what you do. So Sean, again, you have run through the different classes because people are still asking. So you do have an all women's class, kind of run through the different classes so people can know one more time. Yeah, we have an all women's class actually coming up August 14th. Um, we also have a, so we have a pistol craft 101, which is an intro to firearms. That's going to be a very basic level. I don't know anything about guns. Um, I have it in the trunk and that's all I know. And we can take that person from knowing nothing about guns all the way up to where they're, they can feel confident in their ability to carry and make safe a gun and shoot one. So we have a pistol craft 101 intro to firearms. We have our pistol craft 201, which is our basic pistol class, which is our eight hour class. That's the one that really takes people from where they are to where they really wanna be. And then we have a pistol craft 301, which is an intermediate pistol. And that's a lot of moving and shooting. You saw some videos that, and you also Rick shot from our range car. So if we do a lot more shooting from that particular car and we do a lot more moving and shooting in that, uh, in that intermediate pistol 301 class, we offer things that are a little bit different than a lot of folks train for. And that's like a pistol craft uh, 302 class, which is a low light class. A lot of times people, we train as police officers all the time to shoot at night. Most of our shootings do occur at night. And so um, that's a whole different, that's a whole different animal for folks. And it'd be great for people to have that opportunity in a, in a, in an environment where it's controlled to be able to practice shooting at night and with whatever flashlight or handgun light that they can come up with. And then we also have the same thing for uh, our, our rifle shooters. So we have a basic rifle and we also have an intermediate rifle. We have an advanced class, which is a 401 class that actually integrates both the pistol and rifle together. So you're shooting from both, fighting from both platforms. Um, so we have a lot to offer. Um, people can visit us at nwprecisiontraining.com. And uh, that's a great way to look and see what class might be a best fit for you. We have classes scheduled out to middle of October right now. And, uh, and we're open to uh, hear what people think. 
usually on weekends, Saturday, Sunday, right? Saturday, Sunday. This is a this is a side job for us. It's not our primary job. So we're offering classes on typically on Saturdays and Sundays. You know what I like? I'm going to show this video. It's kind of loud, so I'm going to well, they'll hear it. But you really take people. It helps to try to do it. You know what I mean? That kid was so good. I think he was just 18. And that's also, I think, a thing that was really fun is you after you're there for a whole day with everybody, you get to know everybody, everybody's supporting you. And Kathy and I were like two of the worst shots because everybody else, well, there's a police officer's wife and there's people that have hunted and all that. And they were really, really good, but nobody, nobody cared. It was like everybody's there to support you and do your thing. And you guys, I think you guys really did a great job of making everybody have fun. And we had lunch together, you know, and everybody was just hanging and and you guys stayed a little longer for all of us. And we it was a long day and it was awesome. I mean, we were just beat though, because it's a lot, you really do pack a lot into a class. And I don't say that as a bad thing. I, I if you're paying, I want to get the full, the, the you know, the full enchilada and you gave us way more. I mean, and it was a fun day, you know? Right. Our job is to make you feel more confident at the end of the day. And as you, as you leave the range, you feel uh, much more educated than you did when you came to the range. And uh, for you to be physically and mentally tired because of just having to be out there and, and really grind through and work hard, it really feels like you've accomplished something. Sean Trotter, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for taking Kathy and me through the class. Um, you guys, if you are out there, you really should look at there's the there's the email or the, the website. You can go on there and everything's spelled out on what you can do. And if you have questions, just contact them. Sean, thanks, man. Thanks for doing thank this. You. All right, buddy. We'll see you later. All right, you guys. So share this on your page because you never know when somebody's out there that might be looking for a class. And Sean is a really good guy. Um, I've known him for uh, 100 years um, and he's only a young guy um, and uh, he knows what he's doing. And we had I mean, Kathy and I seriously, we walked away and we looked at each other and just went, that was super awesome. I mean, we had. We, we both felt super, we both feel really confident now about what we're doing. I'm not afraid of guns and I didn't grow up with guns. So it wasn't something natural to me. And we literally would put it in the box and then put it in the back of the car and like not, you know, keep it, it the bullets were in another part of the car, you know, <laughs> thinking they're going to jump in there by themselves. But once you spend a day with them, um, you know, you really do get that precision training. And it was, uh, we feel like we really got our money's worth. So anyway, um, so share it on your page. Again, thanks to Sean. And also, you know, thanks, Sean, and all of the uh, fellow police officers. Um, we back our blue too. Um, and, uh, and I will never stop talking about that. In fact, a second billboard just went up out in Junction City, coming into town from Junction City to Eugene. Another, we back our blue, sponsored by Chris Dental. And uh, because we want to make sure that the officers and the deputies in our area know uh, that we know what they do. And when we do have an accident or something's going on and we need help, uh, who we call the first person we call. Um, yeah, it's usually them. So that's part of the gig tomorrow night. Remember Shelly Kurtz? Uh, I worked with her a short time at KVAL. I got a hold of Shelly and uh, Dr. Bratlin likes to do 
Uh, where are they now? We had John Fisher on a couple months ago. Uh, so Shelly Kirsch is going to join us and we're just going to find out what Shelly's doing. She has a really fun life and she's doing some interesting things, but we thought we'd just catch up with her. And then on uh, Thursday, a young man is having a real struggle. He's, uh, I think he's 10 and he has a rare form of leukemia and the, the procedures aren't working well. Uh, his dad just lost his job. So Elements Health Club um, we're going to do a special and we're going to have them on dad and juniors is dad's name. And I think it's Xander is the young boy. We're going to have them on on Thursday. And then what elements health clubs is going to do is for any new membership that comes in from now until the end of the month, your first month's membership fee, whatever membership you do, um, they will put towards a fund to help this young man and his family with hospital bills and other things that they need. So watch the show, find out more about this kid. Um, and maybe that, maybe you become part of his healing, you know, you never know. And so that's the rest of the week. So I'm Rick Dancer. Have a great night again, share this on your page, let other people know what's going on and, um, keep speaking out. You guys, um, keep speaking out. It's okay. It's okay to think differently than the rest of the world. It's in fact, it's more than okay. It's needed. Thank you.